Welcome rock and metal fans. Coming to you from the barns of Amish country and pastures of cows are those two bad boys of rock and metal. B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Bringing you the best rock and metal bands from the 80s and 90s and today. Playing and discussing music from the featured bands with special guests, interviews, contests and more. So grab a beer and turn it up. It's time for the Headbangers Vault. Hey, this is the Headbangers Vault. I am the B1 Bomb. I'm the Smuts. What's up, everyone? And tonight, Schmutz, we got a big guest. Oh, huge. Huge for me. We got a Mr. Tommy Paris. Oh, unbelievable. How are you guys? Very good. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I asked you guys where you're from, Indiana, and so... I've been there a bunch of times before, but it just, it just dawned on me that when we went through there, we, we had unscheduled places we weren't sure about. We had a hotel in Hammond, Indiana, and it was unsavory. We left. We, we checked in at 7 and checked out at 7.20. But uh, we were going to get shirts that we wanted to. We didn't, but we wanted to get shirts that said, I was almost murdered in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's not us. Yeah. It was actually in Hammond, Indiana. I thought it was Gary, but it was in Hammond. Well, so whoever whoever lived there, also. I mean, we thought we could get murdered in Gary too. In fact, we were booking a hotel. My wife goes, "How about how about one in Gary?" I go, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just messing around. Okay. You know, God bless. Everybody. Holy crap! So, Tommy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in San Jose, California. I was a child, and I was a baby for a few years, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, basically, for me, it all started when I was about eight. My family lived in a small Northern California town called Chester, which had about 1,500 population when we moved there. And my mom ended up getting a piano for her to play. And um, I just started sitting down on it and messing around, and I just got totally enthralled in it. I could never get up from it. I just, something about it, just like, I just spent hours and hours every day, and it turned into a huge obsession and that's that my older brothers had all the rock albums they were listening to, and they were playing those around the house. So the combination of playing piano and, and then hearing those songs they would play, where I started trying to figure them out on the piano, that's where it all started pretty much for me. That was, became enchanted, and I never lost it. Still to this day, still into it. Okay. Still magical. Yeah, we we definitely appreciate you didn't lose it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because love your music we appreciate everything you've done i mean seriously so for your first band which was it called jilson yeah that was the first band that did a full album yeah okay i was in a billion bands before that but we never got a record together so what was that like writing and recording for that first album that was uh me and a buddy of mine jamie borden he's an awesome drummer he lives in vegas he lived there when i moved there in 84 and i met him and uh this was around 88 that we started recording that album that you're talking about. And um, up until I met Jamie, I'd never really met anybody that had the drive who really wanted to do it. Like I, I was in, before we made that album, I was playing in cover bands around the West Coast and uh, always with the idea that, yeah, we're playing covers to get live experience and we got to write our own songs because I, I was writing my own stuff and I was like obsessed to get uh, albums with material together, but I could never find anybody else who wanted to do it as much as I did, right? <clears throat> so it was really difficult. So I just wrote demos with my little, you know, recorder, task cam, and then I just compiled cassettes 
back then we used cassettes. Just let those compile and then you'll kind of wait. To, well, when I finally met Jamie, he was like as hell bent as I was. So we got that band together, got two other guys, and then we started, we were rehearsing uh, in this room. We just lived in that room. We'd rehearse for like four hours a night, working on this material. And uh, it was awesome. It was, it was really a cool time. It was, um, even the two other guys we found in the band who were motivated as we were, we thought that they just were barely keeping up to our maniacal like drive to do this. <laughs> right, you know, right. we're off of our we're off our tits to do this. Just like ah, you know, Jamie was a he was a big part. And like like I said, I finally, you know, it's hard to find in not just music but like in life, it's hard to find like minded people. You guys yeah, probably absolutely. You know, when I say like minded, I don't, I don't mean that you relate on a few things. I mean like absolutely yeah. like unspoken. All in. Yes. All in. Totally understand that. Yeah. So that was a big part of that. I enjoyed it because I was sharing the process with him, and we were seeing it come to fruition, and, you know, it, it was cool. Yeah, I really liked that album. I just listened to it today, and I was like, yeah. where has this album been all my life? <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Hey, where were you when it came out, man? I don't know where I was at. <laughs> You're probably in elementary school. I know yeah, I wouldn't have missed I the thought- cover, though. Yeah, exactly. no, absolutely. I should have paid more attention to that album yeah. because I had a chick with a knife. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a chick with a knife. You know, no, you well, it. yeah, and yeah. You were going to go into a private story there, but you decided not to. That's cool. About the woman with a knife. <laughs> well, no, no one's ever tried to stab me. But oh, yeah. No one. Well, I'm just going for the heart. I'm just saying they stabbed <laughs> me in the heart. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, not physically. Yes. So, Tommy, what led up to you joining Brittany Fox? I was um, doing the band. We released that album, and it was just out of about four months. We were playing showcases for labels in Vegas, and um, a friend of mine, this girl who was a singer in a cover band, it gave me a trade magazine and said, check this out. You know, it says Brittany Fox is looking for a lead singer. So I took it, but I never did anything. And what I finally, I finally decided one day, not too long after that, like, oh, what the hell, I'm going to check it out. So that, that's where that came from. So you just answered an ad. Yeah. And you made one of my favorite albums at that time. Glad you like it. Oh, I love I like it. No, I, I love that whole album. I told Johnny D this. That's my favorite Bernie Fox album. So, right on, man. Yeah, mine too. So, <laughs> did you guys tour quite a bit for that album? Uh, no, we were just about a year. And then the scene changed. You know what happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got about a year out of it, yeah. Because the grunge came and it kind of hurt all kinds of bands at that point. Yeah. So when Britney Fox disbanded, what other projects did you get into? Well, I basically was... Uh, I still wanted to write my own stuff, so that puts you in kind of a, you know, when you want to write your own material, and it kind of puts you in a category where it's not cover tunes, so it's not employable, really. It's like you're kind of plowing your own field. So because I wanted to keep, still write original music, I kind of got into some other fields. I was running lasers and lights in Vegas at these clubs, and I got into some other, started running live sound again, because I had done that in the 80s, and I went back to doing that, and I just kind of, I got away from playing for a few years to start my family with my wife. So I was still writing the whole time, but kind of, you know, just sort of back. And We appreciate you not stopping. It was cool because when the grunge thing happened, it was the industry was really against any groups that were the yeah. glam. I was, was going to ask you about that. The industry was unfriendly, the groups like we were and other bands. But around 2000, they had a show called Where Are They Now on a VH1. And yeah. the climate had changed then. It was kind of like... 
they were starting to look back on those bends with a little more just nostalgia and fun and wasn't meant to be taken all that serious. So, you know, we started up again, 2000, we got a, a deal with Spitfire. We made a couple albums for them and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I was going to ask you about that album you guys did. What was it? Springhead Motor Shark? Mm-hmm. It was really yeah. more of an experimental album. Was that done on purpose? Did you guys want to change up the sound a little bit? No, you know what? That was a soup sandwich. That um, <laughs> Johnny was in Europe with Doro, and uh, but we were at his house with all the gear set up recording. We made the album backwards, and when we were going through material, truly, this is what we were at. Michael wanted to do a real more standard Britney sounding record, and Billy was more to like because we had a ton of songs. He was more like, whatever the best songs are, let's record those, whatever they are. And not worry if they're if it's like a actual Britney sounding album, whatever however you define that. He just said, let's pick the best songs and do those. So we kind of had disagreements about that. So as a result, it's a bizarre record. If you listen to it all the way through, you can't be expecting a Britney Fox record when you put it on. It's totally right. totally another area. But if you listen to it from the beginning to end, it's got some moments. It's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, generally no one mentions it, and generally we overlook it, and generally it's. After Britney Fox, what'd you start doing? You know what, you guys? I've been in and out of Britney until about 2016. Once we did that stuff with uh, Spitfire, then we all kind of went away for a while and did that. And I started getting into some playing some some cover bands again, which I hadn't done in a long time. Uh, I was in a band in Vegas called Phoenix, which was like a a cover band that played like all the big hotels in Vegas. Mm -hmm. So I was playing bass and singing. So I did that and I kind of got out of the um, running audio and and lights and all that. Um, I've done that for years, you know, paid the bills, but it was like, you know, so Britney started touring again with different lineups. I did a few of those tours. So it was really, like I said, uh, I was up in the band technically really till about 2016 Right. When I when that, that was my last bit officially with those guys. So okay. I've basically just been writing songs, whether anyone's heard them or not, till I like yeah. something and then, it, then it's out there to be heard, you know? Well, we, we love hearing them. So. Thank you. Your first solo album, was it called 2009? Is that correct? It was 2009. And that one was actually just a demo that was meant to shop to labels. Okay. And that ended up coming out as well. Not really intentionally, so I kind of don't even consider it as an official first solo album. Okay. But, okay. So why did you call it 2009? Is there a story behind that? Not at all. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in 2002 and called it 2009. 2009 sounds like a long time ago, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, unfortunately it does. <laughs> no yeah. rhyme or reason whatsoever for that title. I have no idea. Did you tour very much? at that time for that first album or did you just kind of stay around the vegas area yeah i was in vegas nothing to go tour for because like i said it was basically shopping to get a record deal uh, and it was never to the point where it needed to turn into a live thing yet. right and it, and it never did so with your other solo works did you take any of that stuff on the road to promote um, it I, yeah i did my first solo record uh tommy the paris band was out in like 2017 I played some live stuff uh, with that. We opened for Lynch Mob and some other groups. And uh, I had Rob Math, my guitar player on guitar. I had uh, Les Warner from The Cult on drums and Brad Lang on bass from uh, Rat. I think he's in Bullet Boys now. And so it was the four of us playing gigs 
for a while in that album, and then that just went away because everything ebbs and flows, everything comes in a way, you know, it's like sometimes it catches on, sometimes it doesn't. So anyway, I like that one still. There's still like five songs on that one that I like, which is pretty good for me because I was in not liking anything on, on records that I've done, you know what I mean? So. Well, I did wow. not know all those guys were on there with you. They're not on an actual record, but they're... Uh, they were in the live band. Oh, okay. 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 I mean, I would have loved to have seen that live. At that time, we were doing like half and half that album and the other half Britney Fox song. And it was kind of meant to go along like that. It just, uh, I got to the point where those songs are kind of, I didn't like doing as many Britney Fox songs in a set for the last lot of years. And so right. I just kind of, I burnt out on that. I My solo band now that I have, we play about four Britney Fox songs and they're fun and they're, so that's great but it's not just a steady diet of Britney Fox songs I have stuff from my two solo records in there and a, co- a few covers that's more fun for me to do it that way because, oh no absolutely understandable yeah. yeah you know then I have a really good time doing the Britney Fox songs they're, they're fun you know so your solo band is out on tour or uh, we, no we just started playing we did a show at the Whiskey there's some highlights on my YouTube channel of that yeah just uh just selling this album and trying to get a lot of people to hear it. And right okay. now it's kind of a little bit limboy right now as far as the live dates for it. Okay. We just got started last year, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to start a concert venue here just locally. That's uh, cool. Just getting funding and stuff. So, yeah, I would love to get with you. And if you guys are, like, in Indiana, I would love to have you guys come play. I mean, seriously, I'm getting financial backing, and I just had two meetings this morning, so... Nice. Kick so, ass. Count on us. We'll play there. Yeah. Absolutely. Love That's awesome, man. I could almost cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're there, man. Love it. Tommy, can you tell us about the band you were in called Counts 77? Yeah, I'm still in it. What do you want to know about it? <clears throat> okay, first, for the listeners, we just got to say that's Danny Coker from Counting Cars. Yep. And he has a rock band, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. in that band. So how did you get involved <laughs> with those that, guys? How did that? I mean, you just roll up in an awesome car? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no. Somebody knew somebody who was like, like this. It was uh, around, I think, 2014. You ever heard of uh, Shrapnel Records, Mike Varney? I've heard of Shrapnel Records. Yes, I've heard of the records, yes. Yeah, Mike Varney owns it, and he produces a zillion bands. He's done so many things over the years, and he owns Shroud the Records. Anyway, I knew him since the late 80s. And one of the engineers on Bike Down Hard, Sean O'Dwyer, was there. And it's Danny's recording studio in Vegas. It's called Desert Moon. So they were recording Count 77's first album there. I wasn't around them. They hadn't finished it, but they were right toward the end. And uh, Sean O'Dwyer, engineer for Bike Down Hard, was there engineering. And Mike Varney was there producing. So when it came up there, said, we, we should have some organ and stuff like that. And uh, Sean and Mike said, yeah, we should call Tommy and check him out. He could do a good job. So they called me and had me come in. And I just did a, it was like a, a session for me. I just, uh, I got, went in, got paid to do songs on the album and then left. And that was it. It was like a, it was like a paid gig. So that was cool. You know, I liked the songs and everybody was cool. And, but that was it pretty much. And then about a month later, they were wrapping it up, and they said they went out a meeting with me. I went down, and they said, "Hey, I want you to be the main backup vocalist and keyboardist in the live group if you want to." And they said, "Yeah, absolutely." Yeah, mm-hmm. I never left. I've still been in this. So I'm coming up on nine, ten years. That's awesome. No yep. offense to Danny, but you be lead. Yeah, maybe you should be doing some lead vocals too. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a trip because me and him have really different 
types of vocals. Oh, absolutely. Um, he does stuff I can never do. He's got lower registers, mm-hmm. and he has certain vibrato things that he does, and the tone he has. I'm like, I could be night and day different than mine, you know. When we sing together, it really makes a cool blend. You know, you'd never take those two voices and think they work together, and they yet they do. Mm-hmm. It sounds awesome. And so I just like... People are like, geez, you've been in that band for a thousand years. So, yeah, because I like them. I, I dig it. It's like um, the guys are all cool, and we get along good. We travel good. It's, it's a tight ship. So I, I get a lot out of it. We played all over Canada, all over the U.S., and we're still we're still playing live. We're playing the whiskey and at the Vegas Motor Speedway coming up in a few weeks. In January, we did a few gigs. One night we played one song at award show. The next night we were vamped playing a private party. Next time was another private party with all these other artists we were playing with and uh, it was cool. And then the next, next day I was in the studio recording. So, uh, you know, we stayed pretty busy. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great situation. It's a, they're a fun band to play with. Wow. We got a few more questions for you here. Okay. If you could open up for any band, past, present, or future, who would it be? Glenn Miller. That was a pretty simple Straightforward <laughs> right straight. there. I mean, Usually like, most you, of our guests have to think yeah, about that. You, you thought about that really quick. Okay. <laughs> so who are some of your main influences? It's really hard to, because whoever I mentioned, because I like so much different shit, that it's really hard to pin that down. And so I'm always reluctant to even say that. I guess I'll just pick pick a few with a early Deep Purple, Machine Head, mm-hmm. and Made in Japan era Deep Purple. Let's see, uh... The Who, a little bit. Early, early Judas Priest, really early. The early stuff they put out, uh, like Rockarola. Mm-hmm. And then um, probably, geez, I don't, I don't know. There's just so many. It's like a, Yeah, you can't even you remember all of them. There's too many. I mean, just love music. Yeah, I mean, my new album, it's been out for a little while, and that's the one I'm selling now. It's called Earth Ears. It's 14 original songs, which I still like all of them, you guys, which is a absolute miracle for me because as I, was, as I was telling you before once I do a recording and I move on from it I end up pretty much liking nothing on it until pretty far later and then maybe I'll go back in like one or two but mm-hmm. it's always just it's always like alright that's that because mm-hmm. you, you work on it so hard you labor over it and it's like that's the last damn thing I want to hear again <laughs> right, so, right. but this one is, I still like which is wonderful and I've had people say that's why I talk about influences I've heard people say stuff like, which I really like, they say stuff like, dude, I can't pin it down who it sounds like, but it has a lot of great elements in it that I like, but like, I can't just say, oh, it sounds like that band or that band or that. I've heard people say that a lot. Like, they can't quite figure out it's rock of some kind or another. I suppose that's, that's safe to say, but in general, yeah. like, you know, and that, that was the goal really, like, started writing right before COVID mm-hmm. and we all know what happened there oh, so yeah. we won't waste our breath on that but so it took a while to finish it I probably had written 50 songs I whittled those down to 18 I recorded 14 for the record and I kept them all but you have a mountain of materials like no one ever needs to hear but I think the best 14 I'll know about 14, that <laughs> I, I disagree. Hey, I, I thought disagree. that album was extremely good. I listened to yeah. it today. I like that song, In Her Perfectness. I really love that song. Oh, cool. Thank you, man. I'm so glad you like that. I mean, I love, really happy. I love the piano parts that you mixed in that. It just was incredible. Thank you, man. That means a lot to me. That's awesome. You're welcome. That's my pride and joy right now is Earth Ears. So happy with how it turned out. We played uh, a few of the songs when we did the whiskey gig, and they were fun, and it's really a record I'm really stoked on. 
and still to this day, still because sure. uh, like I said, it was written during COVID and recorded part of it recorded during COVID. So it it was a long project, but it got done, you know. So and it's for sale on my website. People have been uh, buying it. You can also buy the MP3s on the website mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, so anyway, but yeah, like I said, the the reaction I'm getting is really cool. I didn't really want it to sound any like anyone right. in particular. Right, you want to sound like you. Yeah, and it's a, it's a little it's a little bit of a departure in some areas. But this one guy wrote on my YouTube about uh, one of the songs is called "Love Me to the Last Day." He said, "I like how you're willing to use the piano in the same aggressive way that you would use a guitar in Britney mm-hmm. Fox or something like that." Yeah. That's still like bombast. It's just right. add a piano. So that was cool. You know, a lot of people have a lot of interesting things to say. I really, uh, really like people are very creative and they're come up with some really cool comments and, and yeah, right. responses. Yeah. So it yeah. really, really stoked that you like that yeah. in her perfectness. Yeah. yeah I'm glad you like that. I'll be spinning that a few more times as well. Right on. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably listen to it tonight and cry and drink some <laughs> beers. And, I mean, I'm just in that mood tonight for some reason. <laughs> Had a long day. <laughs> now, Tommy, who are some of your favorite bands you like to go on tour with? Let's see. These days, it'd probably be Jackal because we've been going oh. out with them. Count 77 is going, been going out with them here and there. And Jesse and all the guys, they're just, we just get along awesome. And they're just the coolest guys. And the bands fit together really cool. It was a, it was a good bill uh, when we started playing together. And the sound of us and then the sound of them it's kind of like it was it was, it was like a perfect yeah. feeling well jack was probably the, the most but i've always i've enjoyed everyone we've ever played with okay. really. um i don't think there's anyone i've ever not enjoyed out playing with to be honest with you, no one's really been playing with. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever been yeah. a real dick <laughs> not really i mean we've played with some groups i won't mention but like we played with a few groups out on tour and i'll tell someone that we you know toured with them and they'll say oh i heard that guy's a dick and it's right. like not to me it wasn't to me it was like, right no yeah i can only judge somebody by how they treat me not not from the uh gossip i yeah. hear or whatever so if they're cool to me it's like that's fine you know? absolutely i i understand exactly i uh met sebastian bach one time and i was so terrified because everyone said he's a dick but he was so nice to me he's great i, I was terrified <laughs> Because I was like, man, he's just going to disappoint me. But he didn't. He was awesome. No, nah, he was cool. He was way cool, yeah. It's kind of nice when you, you meet somebody that you, that you like or you've heard their work or whatever, and then you, you meet them and they turn out cool. Like I said, most of the time it was like, like we, we played with Quiet Riot when Kevin was still around. And, and I would tell people, I did a I did a radio interview with Kevin and uh, Greg Jafria from Angel. This, this was this was way after Jafria, and he did, did the solo project Jafria. And like, you guys ever hear that stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure Absolutely. have. Okay, yeah. yeah. He is the coolest guy. He was so funny. And the three of us had a, a great time doing it. it. was I think it was for KKLZ in Vegas. I'm not, I don't remember. but And I tell people about that. And they're like, oh, Kevin, man. Well, he, I bet he was a dick. They're like, no, man. He's great. He's great. I don't know. Like, no. everyone loves to get on the bandwagon and say that he was a dick and he just, he just wasn't, you know, and we played with them besides the radio interview, we played with them all kinds of gigs. I go into it like, Hey, this guy's going to be awesome. I guess if I'm disappointed, then I'm disappointed, (laughs) but I haven't been yet. Trying to think of one I didn't like playing with and there there aren't any. Okay. 
Now, Tommy, we cover a lot of 80s and 90s rock and hard rock on our Headbangers Vault podcast. So who would be some of your favorite bands from the 80s and 90s? Dio, Judas Priest, early Scorpions, early uh, Iron Maiden, UFO, that kind of stuff. Okay. Awesome. So finally, what's next for Tommy Paris? To uh, listen to my loud birds. While I'm trying to watch a World War II documentary. Oh, wow. Okay. Good answer. I have some of that saved. (laughs) Now, Tommy, I have a little bonus question for you. I've been to Vegas, too. Did you guys ever play on Fremont Street? A billion times, yeah. Words can't describe what that place is like, especially when it gets late at night. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. You know, that town has exploded, and and there's so much to do. You you have to come out for a month to do everything. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, couldn't get it all in, you know? Yeah. I've been trying to talk Schmutz into going to Vegas, so well, we're going to get him there at yeah, some point. You know, I'd like to go, but I just don't want the uh, strippers and the hookers to come at <laughs> me. Just stay like away that, from that, and you'll know? be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want yeah. to come out there and experience that for sure. Okay. Yeah, you have to do it. Do I hear, uh, is there a bird where you're at, too? Or do I just hear my bird yelling from over there? <laughs> we have no birds. He's got a cat and some dogs, but... I have a cat and dogs. <laughs> I don't have any birds. <laughs> weird. It's like he's throwing his voice now. They copy you, the birds you have. They copy you. I used to have they a make parrot. The microwave. What's that? No, they're cockatiels, but they... Oh. They know the exact sound of the microwave, so they'll, they'll do it. Like when you put something in and start it. They'll mimic. But here's the crazy part. They can make the sound of something from a different room while they're in the room with you. Mm-hmm. Like, they somehow oh. know how to add ambience <laughs> to what they're doing. So it sounds like it's far away. Wow. It's bizarre. I never knew they're, that. They're, no, they're not, I, I that blows not. my mind. I, I learned something today. We always learn something <laughs> new on the Headbangers Vault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you guys watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, I've seen the whole series. Did you watch uh, Better Call Saul? I'm working on it. I have not cool. seen it. That's a pretty good show. Yeah. You like Better Call Saul? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, different type of show than uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's really but, quirky. Yeah. The reason I asked is that my son and I are watching. We watched all of Breaking Bad, and now we're watching all of Oh, you guys did that yeah. together. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, Better Call Saul is what happened before Breaking Bad. Yeah. Leading into Breaking Bad. It's like how they built the drug lab and how yeah. they found all these guys in the Mexican drug cartel and how that all works into it all. It was pretty cool. I started watching Breaking Bad in the COVID lockdown. I was needing something to watch, so I just started to binge watch that show. I just watched yeah, we Walking <laughs> Dead. <laughs> yeah, he likes the zombies. Yeah, I like zombie shit. I don't know why. Right on. Have you seen 28 Days Later? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. That seen freaks all me those. out. I don't want the fast zombies because I can't run away from them anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're moving slow. I'm yeah, good. yeah. If they're just like in a herd or something, we can deal with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to deal with people running at me very quickly. No, that puts me out. Yeah, That's no good. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to move slow. Yeah, they should yeah. move slow. Yeah, oh yeah. There's awesome freaking zombie. You guys stuff. like horror movies? Yeah, here and there. I I do. I love that Go shit. Ahead. I like more of the sci-fi horror stuff and more like the monster type. There's a, there's a place like near us called Monster Pizza, and they have like pizzas, and they have like a horror theme. Yeah, it's the thing. old memorabilia from the early yeah. days of the Hollywood movie monsters. Yeah, 50s, 60s, yeah Wolfman yeah. and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a really neat place. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, and you guys, uh, 
Did you guys ever see the movie Seven? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Like that? Yeah. It's been yeah. years, but yeah. What, what about Hereditary? Do you guys ever see that? Uh, don't think I've no, seen that I've one. I've seen that, no. Yeah, that one's crazy. If you like horror, check out Hereditary. It's, I'll have to look that up for sure. It's not. It wasn't even that really crazy popular in the theater. It came out, you know, in the theater and it kind of went away. Killer, man. Check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll my, look that up. That's my recommendation for you tonight is Hereditary. Okay. okay. Well, then, well, we better look into it, that. I'm, I'm going to watch it. When you have watched it. you got to let me know what you thought. Even if I, you hated it, just let me know what you thought. I will. Okay. For sure, I will. Now, Tommy, I have a recommendation for you for a band to listen to. You need to check out the band Savior Machine. Savior Machine. Yeah, check out their first albums. Trust me, there's no band on the world that sounds like these guys. He's always on this band. I love this band. <laughs> they kind of sound like a cross between Queensryche, David Bowie, Pink Floyd. If you like piano keys throughout music. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you would, lo cool. yeah, you would love yeah. that. Yeah, for so sure. Let us know what you right. think. Save Your Machine? Yeah, Save, your, Save machine. your Machine. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. And if you want to watch a really kind of scary sci-fi movie, watch that movie White Sky. That's yeah, that, cool. that, actually, that is actually a good movie. It's kind of creepy. That. White Sky, it is yeah. creepy. Yeah, I like, I like stuff I've never heard of. I've never heard of that band or that movie so I, I, it's my favorite stuff stuff that i have that i've never heard of that's usually what i like a lot I'm glad yeah. we could help you out thank yeah. you no thank you <laughs> i just want to thank tommy yeah well, thank you for <laughs> like coming said, on thank you like a dream well, country cool, man. I, I appreciate that you guys yeah, i really do appreciate that just appreciate you having the energy and uh, having me on man thank you so much all right. Well, we'd like to thank Tommy for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. And we'd also like to thank Spotify and Podbean and all that crazy stuff and what Nikki Lane says. If it's too loud, you're too old. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Keep rocking out to everyone. Thank you for listening to the Headbangers Vault, bringing you the best in rock and metal music and music talk with your hosts, B1 Bomb and The Smuts. Check us out on your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you'd be interested in being a part of our show or advertising with us, please visit our webpage at headbangersvault.podbean.com. And remember, if it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs>